Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. I'm Susie Botello, your host, and this is our 12th episode, the first episode of 2018. Wow, we actually made it to 2018. Can you believe it? We're stoked. So we started our podcast late last year, and here we are in the beginning of the year. This is our very first show of the year, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, We're going to go to a place where we haven't gone before. We're going to go to Germany. Um, Actually, we're going to go to Berlin. Our guest for this podcast show is Blake Worrell. Blake is a musician, an actor, and a filmmaker. He's an artist. Uh, His film, Dissolution, received the Global Best Cinematography Award at the Global Mobile Film Awards last month. So we're going to have a deep discussion about his work and his film, which he shot with a smartphone. But before we do that, we just want to share some really cool things with you regarding the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego, because it's happening on April 28th and 29th. And in case you don't already know, we celebrate making movies with mobile phones, like exclusively just mobile phones. So we want to share this awesome industry with you. We want to meet you and we want to share this global mobile film community at the film festival right here in San Diego. So go to our website to get all the details and stay tuned by following us on Facebook and our other social media. And you can find those by scrolling all the way down to the bottom of our website and clicking on whatever social media you happen to be on where we happen to be as well. Uh, our website address is www.internationalmobilefilmfestival.com. We want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Red Giant. If you're a filmmaker, you've probably already heard about them. Uh, most likely, you either get their software already or you would love to get their software. You can visit them at redgiant.com. They've sponsored our film festival since day one, and we're going on our seventh year. So they're very special to us. And we're beyond being grateful. We're glad um, that they have such a wonderful reputation. Okay, we're going to go to our interview next. Uh, But before we do that, I just have one last thing to mention to you. Um, As we get closer to the film festival, we could use your support. Um, We have a Patreon page set up where you can become a patron And you can uh, support our film festival, our podcast, and all that we're doing with mobile filmmaking uh, for you. So um, go and become a subscriber because uh, one of the benefits uh, that you'll receive there is some really cool bonus and exclusive episodes of this podcast uh, with the guests. They are sharing special and exclusive, again, exclusive, meaning you're just not going to be able to get these anywhere else. Uh, Tips, advice, and insights uh, that they're sharing just with our patrons. So go there, 
and become a super rock star to get the most of the SBP podcast, www.patreon.com slash SBP podcast. And now let's go to Berlin and talk to Blake Worrell. Hi, Blake. Uh, How are you? Doing great, thanks. And yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, For listeners, this is Blake Worrell. He is uh, the Global Mobile Film Awards winner for Best Cinematography. And uh, you are in Berlin, in Germany, correct? That's right, yeah. Okay, so I know I'm going to enjoy this discussion with you. Um, uh, but before we get too far into that, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your history and how you came across mobile filmmaking, uh, with, with myself and our listeners? Well, um, it starts way back. I guess it starts when I first picked up the, uh, if we're going to go that far back, it would start where I, when I, um, saw Empire of the Sun. Hmm. Um, I was really, that movie really affected me. Um, in my perspective, that's, that was a very, uh, I mean, Spielberg, he did many films before that. I mean, E.T. and, uh, for one sticking out for, for many people, uh, in that era. And even now, uh, it's kind of timeless E.T. Uh, but Empire of the Sun really, uh, Empire of the Sun really stuck out with me, um, acting and, uh, filming and directing and um i knew it was a movie at the time and i knew what movies were i mean being uh, born and raised in los angeles i i i knew that but that was and that was one where i really felt like wow i really i want to be a part of this you know i want to tell i want to share stories how old were you and, if you don't mind my asking around that time uh wow was that empire of the sun uh geez i don't know if it was i think it was 89 right uh 87 89 i don't remember uh, exactly but yeah it was about um i think it was around uh 11 years old oh yeah so um yeah and, yeah and then after that i picked up a book and a giant book, uh, ILM book. So it showed everything that ILM has ever made. And that was, that even resonated with me more. I want to be more involved in the film. Uh, and then fast forward, uh, to when I was, uh, 19, um, I started knocking at the door, of Roger Corman, uh, Concord films over in San Monica. And, uh, just kind of, bugging him for for months to work there and that just uh and finally they took me in i worked there for free for a little while uh and then finally after i think six months or so um (laughs) they're like all right kid yeah you seem really into it okay you ready to get paid now (laughs) and 
then that was it. Then I, I met a few people that actually um, helped me out to bring me over here to Berlin. And yeah, I pretty much learned all about post in, in that time um, from the age of 19. So doing post-production audio. And I think that's really important in film. And I, I have to say that's really been helpful because it doesn't matter what your film looks like. If it, sound, if it has the right sounds and it's not hitting those frequencies that are really annoying, um, you're pretty much solid, of course, with story and all that. Um, but that really sticks out in terms of uh, quality. Um, and I, I've, I've seen that frequently in mobile filmmaking that uh, something looks pretty good, but the sound is just terrible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people could say that, yeah, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm listening on my mobile phone or uh, I'm watching on my computer. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I believe that there is a, a large group and also that you know, Apple TV, for instance, you know, has uh, YouTube and Vimeo on, on their um, on their system and it's it really sticks out when the quality of, of when the audio quality of, of mobile of any film is is really on on top of its game then it really it sticks out no matter what what you're listening on even in, in your computer speakers which I don't agree with. I love listening on headphones and completely it's zoning like a, out. It's like a um, a visual song, you know, which is like a music video or something like that. Where if 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 the sound is not great, right, then that's part of the captivation. That's when you feel it. You know, um, there's something about when you're going into a theater or or you know, like in my case, I have my laptop, uh, you know, hooked up to my big Sony speakers at home and it can be a small little movie on Vimeo that I'm watching. Uh, it could be a two minute movie. It doesn't matter. But when that sound is big, it's like you're immediately immense, immersed and you're captivated by it. It just feels right. awesome. That, that's, that's such an awesome experience. I mean, that's, that's the, um, cinema experience, right? Yeah. yeah, and if you're listening to it on your phone, um, you know, most of the time you're not listening to it through your phone speakers. You're, you've got your, you know, headphones. Or, headphones or whatever. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, post-production is big. And especially, you know, uh, in, in, in watching uh, a film, Right. When you're when you're shooting it with any camera for that matter um, and then you want to treat it in post production, that's when you can bring that film, and that footage to life uh, in many ways, not just the sound, but also with color grading and special effects or whatever you need to do. Yeah. So I've, I've been I've I've had the incredible uh, opportunity at a young age to to dive in uh, actually from from the back forward 
So usually the last step that people take in uh, film is sound. That's the last step before it actually goes out. And, um, you know, coloring gets done, everything, effects, all that stuff. And then finally, bam, it gets printed. So it's really great to go that way because I think there's been, I mean, and, and from what I've seen, there's, I think there's a little misconception of how it's handled. And I think it's really important to know how everything works uh, before you go into it. Uh, but this is, again, this is my, what I've learned over time because, you know, for instance, actors, you know, they just want to get an act or even directors, they just want to jump in and direct and they know that there's sound involved, they know there's video involved and all that stuff, and they know about cameras, but it's mostly focused on technical. I noticed that a lot of um, schools and such, because also doing acting myself, um, you know, starting off, I did work with different uh, schools and such. I noticed a lot of directors just had no idea uh, where it goes on. They know it goes into you know, post, but they don't really, it's, 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 it doesn't seem like it's, um, it, it, there's, it seems like there's more focus on the technical aspect than the actual, uh, uh, process of it and, and how it could be improved in the actual production. So in some cases to, to, to be working on something and know that, okay, I'm going to add this later on so we can trick it like this. And exactly. I know this step I'll do it because they could think ahead. And I think that's uh, what's lacking. And um, in, in my perspective in, 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 in the industry today, um, yeah, the even camera recently, person, the camera person who also is an editor, right? Is that kind of like what you're saying? That, yeah. Or, because or, or they, know, they, they know, I mean, uh, working on, on high-budget films, I mean, they, you everyone kind of know, everyone knows where it's going to go and the steps it takes to go where it's supposed to go. Right. Uh, so usually, I mean, it's, it's known like, okay, well, we're going to do this. But the director is the guy who is, or, or the girl or a lady, excuse me. Um, the director is the person who who knows what, what's going to happen down the line. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's it's their decision. Of course, you know, yeah, the camera guys should know uh, the steps to be taken as well. Uh, and that only, that, that, then it's like everyone's like a Swiss army, army knife on set. And that's great to have. I mean, who else better to work with than, um, than someone who knows what you're talking about. Um, you know, for instance, I've been on, on sets where, uh, oh yeah, we have to have the sound of the door closed. So we'll close the door now, or I'll, I'll do this sound in the background. Um, so we, we have it there and it's like, no, no, you can do it. You can do that later. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't have to wait for it. Uh, otherwise, if it's for the actor to react off of, sure. Um, that's okay too. Like recording um, natural sound, you know, uh, when you get there in case things happen that you have some coverage with that. Um, and yeah, natural like that. things like 
putting shoes on or whatever the heck it is. It's just, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's helpful. It's been very helpful to, to know that. And, and I have to say it's been very effective, um, in my progress, uh, even early on, um, with music. Cause I got involved with music at the same time. Um, actually earlier than that. And I just did it as a hobby. Like, okay, I'm just going to uh, do this. And, and then my job was working in uh, audio post. And when I came to Berlin, actually that switched. I started doing more music, uh, released several albums and uh, toured around Europe and such. And uh, then I just did uh, audio as a hobby. And at that same time, too, I was learning how to edit. I, you know, uh, dab a little bit with uh, Premiere. And um, I always did Photoshop. I always did that on the side for, I think, since yeah, since I was 19 also. I'm just, uh, I think it's good to be a little bit of a tech nerd. <laughs> yeah, well. It's really you're, you important were an to know artist. the cool. An artist yeah. with a flair for the tech, obviously, and that yeah. comes in super handy because uh, most people, like me, for example, I used to draw a lot when I was a kid, but uh, when I didn't really care for the whole technical part of, you know, like later on I went into graphics design uh, and and that was something I did for, you know, my way of doing art and get paid, (laughs) you know, for doing it. But I was really against it at first. I was like, oh, how can it be art if you're using, you know, digital tools and a computer and, you know, you don't have your hands into it, you know, and things like that. And I wasn't alone in that. But but people like you are admirable because you have, it's kind of like someone who can sing and dance at the same time. Probably not yeah. the best, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can sing and dance, that's awesome too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like you're a car racer, you're racing a car, but you're also a mechanic, you know, that, that, that comes in really handy. Yeah. And I use that exact example actually a lot oh. um, with other people. I say, look, a race car driver doesn't just get in the car and race. Uh, you can't be a race car driver without knowing how your car works, you know, what, what things you need to tune up your car, you know, what intakes, what, uh, what, what even kind of exhaust you need, what kind of tires you need, what kind of rims, um, all that stuff, all that technical stuff is needed. Uh, because when you go on the field, you want to run and you don't want to break down halfway. Right. And that's really important, I think, in film, too. You, it's important to know what you're doing. Uh, if you want to be a, a director, if you want to uh, do post, if you want to uh, you know, work in audio post, if you want to work in video, uh, anything you want to do in film, I think it's important to know all aspects of it. So when something uh, isn't working or it goes away, you know what department to go to to even fix it or learn, okay, well, that could have been done differently, as opposed to just like, well, that's the way it is. Well, I don't know how it is, but whatever. Um, 
That makes yeah, you a really good director important. as well because you're the visionary. It's your vision and you, you, you've almost, especially when you're working with a team, you have to know what their capabilities are instead of just what they're, what they're saying they can or cannot do, you know, uh, and they're depending on you to know that. Yeah. And actually, I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't know I'd be directing so soon. Actually, I, 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 I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be involved in production. Um, yeah. And it, it just happened because it's just like, well, after working with uh, many directors, it just didn't seem to, um, to, I don't know, I felt like I could do better. And, and that's why I, I, I challenged myself. Actually, it happened by accident. Um, I was on set uh, doing a movie, uh, actually a short film, a student film. And uh, the director, I don't know, he had a breakdown. And he just, he couldn't handle it because the, the actress, she pulled out and uh, things were going right. And so he was just going to shut it all down. I said, look, it's not going well. And I already invested a lot of time into it. Um, even though I was uh, called last minute, one of the actors uh, pulled out. Uh, I said, okay, look, no, we're not going to shut down. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here. And so I just modified the story and said, okay, um, look, let's get this other actress in and we're going to just modify it a little bit. Because things got messed up. There's there's a police involved. They didn't have the police car either. Uh, so there's a lot of improvi- improvisation that was that needed to be involved. Um, so basically, I ended up d- directing like the ending, and um, and changing the story where it would go. And that actually, it's called Echoes. And I actually did the sound on it because the sound guy. Uh, wasn't I don't know I, I don't know what he was recording, but it wasn't uh, it was terrible. The audio was absolutely terrible. I just remember they were just they they weren't hit record a lot of the time and kind of spaced out. Oh no! <laughs> um, so actually, all the audio um, had to be redone. Um, so we had to ADR most of it, <clears throat> all of it practically, and so I had to I fixed it up because I just was like, look, I, I want to do this. I wanna, I've, I've done this many times before, but I, I feel like I got to do this. And it was more to prove to myself that I could do it. And that's, I think that's the thing. Sometimes we, we have to, we have to go beyond our own limit uh, to prove to ourselves that we can do it. Uh, David Bowie said, um, I don't like to be too comfortable. I like to go right on the edge of comfort and, and, and go there and push that. And I, those words really resonate with me because I think that's, that's true. You, you gotta, you gotta push yourself that extra mile. And the next thing you know, that's your new comfort zone. And that's, then that's you do that more really and more. Living it, really living a moment is when you're right between those two spaces of comfort and freaked out <laughs> yeah yeah i mean my first uh film that i uh, uh or short film that i uh directed and shot and edited the sound for was uh called the weird sisters 
and uh, I, I had a nervous breakdown right when I was sending it out. <laughs> it was just because uh, I just I took so much time on it. And I was a perfectionist, and I waited really to the last minute to to send it out to the festival. And so I had a nervous breakdown because I thought I wasn't even going to send it out. And I felt like, oh, all this work I did, it's not going to get there. And at the time, I thought that was like one of the only mobile phone film festivals, uh, the SF3, Smartphone Flick yeah. Fest in, in Sydney. And, yeah, I had my nervous breakdown. But that from that, I realized, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do this a lot earlier. Um but that film also opened up so many doors for me and uh, other festivals started contacting me and I realized that there's a whole bunch of uh, mobile phone film festivals. And not only that, that those film festivals themselves actually opened other doors for me, which uh, got me in contact with um, uh, other filmmakers to work with in the future. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a community. I mean, it's, it is. it's almost like, well, you're in the music industry, so you know what I'm saying, that this this is really an emerging uh, industry right now because it's been sort of dormant and underground, but not dormant in the sense that it's been doing nothing. Uh, yeah. It's just been an underground uh, culture, really, uh, that has been yeah. going on for years. I believe it really started in 2004 uh, yeah. with some very few uh, people that were getting really creative and that's when cell phones um, were out not even smartphones yeah. Um, yeah I know when I started doing this back in 2009 when I launched this thing I think it was like later in the spring early in the summer of 2009 I couldn't find anything on it you know, um, much less film festivals that were willing to put it on the big screen. Uh, it was even before the iPhone 4 came out, you know, which was right. given the opportunity to do, you know, HD even at the lowest level. But, yeah, um, and and speaking of one of the opportunities that it gave you was to be a part of the Global Mobile Film Awards, which is been dubbed as the Oscars of the mobile film industry and there uh, you won your cinematography award which basically labels your film the best in the world um, as a mobile film uh, awarded for cinematography and why don't you share with our listeners who who may not have seen the film yet and we'll provide a link for that on the show notes as well but uh, a little bit of a synopsis on the film and then share uh, about how you went about making that film. So Disillusion um, is about a man whose life has changed in the blink of an eye and uh, basically witnesses the disillusion of his life as he once knew. Um I don't know if I won't. I mean, it's a six and a half minute short film. Uh, he has to. He has a calling, and I think every every film has uh, that journey where the protagonist has has a call and has to take that call. 
So being that there's only six and a half minutes, um, I just took that part, the call, because usually the call is, is, is something intense. Uh, for instance, uh, Ferdinand, uh, I just saw uh, the, this uh, animation um, movie that just came out about the bull. Uh, you know, his call is, is when his father doesn't come back and he wants to escape and he, needs, he wants to go out into the wild. And so he escapes. Um, so I think those are pretty important. I mean, we, we get, we, I think life is about choices and the choices we make and we could either run from those choices, uh, or we could take it head on. And that film is about, you know, taking it head on, taking that choice. It was made with uh, iPhone 6S, um, had a B-script uh, cage, uh, the first edition. They have a second edition that just came out. And attached to it, I had a Canon 50 millimeter. And I chose the 50 millimeter because millimeter is uh, the, basically the, the human eye perspective. It's the closest thing to the human eye perspective. The 4x3 that I used in it, I didn't want to use uh, anamorphic or uh, widescreen whatsoever because um, I really wanted to have this feel of being kind of trapped a bit. And that's why in the dream sequences or these flashback sequences, there's a widescreen because it's more, it has a separation. You notice that. Yeah. And also to keep it kind of midfield, low, or uh, shall I say, at a low stance, kind of like uh, the height of a child, as if a child is watching. Mm. And and you'll know why, because in the film, when you see it, what's happening. Uh, so I really wanted to give that sense of, of this uh, childlike view, just standing there watching. And honestly, the four by three wasn't, um, I, I wasn't sure about it. I had left it open. Um, and with the old edition of the B script, uh, with the adapter that I had to it, I created this kind of vignetting and I wasn't sure I wanted to use that, but actually it just kind of clicked. You know, when, when I, when I played it back, I just saw like, no, 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 this is, this is going to go four by three. So actually, in the middle of production, I said, "Okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm we're going to do this four by three. This is great." And also the the depth, the perspective, too. You know, being always outside of the door. Yeah. Also, it's just one step out. Um, I think that's what I love about film. Uh, what I've learned is, I think in film, you you got to be a magician. <laughs> you got to know how it works, and. For me, I, I like to, I like these little subconscious things that you could put there. Uh, you know, the height of the kid, the perspective of the kid, the one step out of the door. Um, also, the fact that that sort of uh, like I'm, an eavesdropping effect. Yes, yeah, eavesdrop exactly, and also the symbology: the fact that I'm 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 raw. I'm I'm <laughs> half naked. <laughs> Um, that's, uh, uh, or the character I should say yeah. is, is, is exposed. Uh, 
And because of the situation that happened, it's symbolic. It, it for me, it needed to be there. He he is exposed, and and you see it in him. He's he's there, and and she she's reflecting his exposure as well. Because in a relationship, you you feel your partner, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at the end, you know, going down into the depths of that task, taking that call. Yeah, there's that um, that one scene when you take the call and you get up and you go to the table and she goes to you. Uh, uh. And the camera movement on that. Uh, not the camera movement, her movement as opposed to the camera moving. It was your mm-hmm. actor is moving away from yeah. the frame. Yeah, I think that's really important, scene blocking. I mean, uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was was uh, a master at that. And that is, is, is so necessary. It's, it's, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, sing and dance. Um, and uh, I think Spielberg once said it. If the cam's not moving, the people are moving. Exactly. And for me, that's that's what it is. And being that I was also uh, filming it, uh, I couldn't have anyone move it. And so I had to just block it and make it make things move within it. And it wasn't like, oh, I have to make it move. It was just, okay, what would be the natural uh, situation? What would seem natural? It wouldn't seem like uh, choreographed. And it can be done. I mean, when we're talking to people, we're usually, especially in this day and age, we're multitasking. We're walking around, we're doing stuff, we're looking at things, or we're talking about something else and, and chopping carrots or whatever, you know. Yeah, uh, and, we're and not in ta- film, everything has a purpose, though. Every little thing it has does. a purpose. I mean, you you it chose does. to do something in a particular way for a reason. It's not like it just happened that way. Right. And he's always on the other side of the door. He's always going out the other side of the door, wakes up. He moves out of that door, goes to the other room. She comes in. He leaves that. He doesn't want her to join him on this journey. And, but she wants to be a part of it. Uh, it's also that. And, and she's slowly letting it be slowly and slowly. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, and she doesn't of, have a voice in the film either. No, and, and actually there another... was. Yeah, there there was also a, a there was a lot of dialogue, actually. Yeah. Uh, that was put into it, um, and it could go over well over four or five minutes, back and forth. Um, but in the end, uh, in editing, actually. It just looked, those looks, you know, when you, when you speak to someone and you say something and then you kind of choke up and that little choke up says more words than all the words that came out of your mouth, that, that for me was, was it. I said, okay, look, I, they really should talk at all because those, those little special moments are, are the best. So I just got these little moments um, little pauses between sentences and just put those in 
And that worked great too, because we're looking directly into the camera. And that's another thing too. It's, it's this, the perspective as well, this, this child height perspective. Um, so it's very raw. Um, you know, you piece it all together with the story. It's, it's all there. And, uh, uh, I have to admit that, uh, Yasijiro, uh, Ozu was a big influence as well. And actually, because I, I studied his films, um, that film wouldn't been, would have been possible or a shot like that if I had not, um, seen, uh, Yasujiro Ozu because he, he is for me, one of the great masters of, uh, of, uh, cinematography, um, the way he shoots and he also shoots at a low stance, uh, in four, three. Um, and also another, uh, uh, Easter egg, so to say, is that I wasn't prepared to, um, go this route with the story. Hmm. Actually, the story was about something completely different. Wow. Um, yeah. And that happened by chance in editing. And then I realized, okay, well, we're just going to change the audio around. So all the audio that you hear, every single bit of it was, um, uh, done afterwards, um, from the shower to the door handle to the belt buckle, um, to the dialogue on the phone, even the airplane actually, uh, because it was, um, kind of last minute. I just had a mic in my, at my studio and um, there's planes that go by. So I left the door open and you can hear the planes. So it have this kind of real natural uh, sound of it. And then I added some other planes as well on helicopters. So it could have this feel like they're living in a rural, rural area that has these things that we don't think about. You know, there's, there's helicopters that go over all the time in LA, for instance, yeah. or a, uh, 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 police cars that pass by every now and then. And I think that adds to it, even though it's, it, it's, it's, it's natural in some way it's, it's subtle and, and watching, like, as you said before, nothing is, is, is a mistake. Nothing is by chance. It's all meant to be there. So at the beginning, you know, she's looking out the window, you hear that, that siren and, it's it's just kind of a calling as well. It's 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 funny these it's, when we watch films. Sometimes we see that we see right in front of our face what the film is about, but it doesn't hit us to the end. And I think that that adds to that aha moment. And I think that's 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 what I really love about film as well. Is, is it's it's a magic trick. Yeah, that's what I was just going to. That's part of the magic of filmmaking that it is. It's all one one big magic act and you don't even know where it comes from. And sometimes you can be laying there in bed after going to see a movie or something and trying to go to sleep hours later after, you know, you've had dinner, you've done this and then that and then that film, parts of that film come up and hit you, you know? And yeah, yeah it has a psychological effect and some some of the best films i've ever watched 
can be can hit me back and forth for days and weeks and years. Yeah, they can really yeah. affect our lives. Yeah, uh, even the way the way we see things. Yeah, and and that's one of the things too I wanted to add in the film is is, and it happened naturally too, to show a side of a story that um, we're not used to seeing. You know, usually you would see the accident, you would see the, the drama in the hospital, you would see, you know, all this other stuff, but to show that other perspective, you know, that hit where, whoa, what, this is a whole nother place. You know, is this person guilty, you know, um, or are they innocent, you know? Yeah. It has you thinking throughout the, as you're consuming going, Oh, what happened that did, you know, well, I don't want to give the film away. Yeah. You know, I want people to to actually watch it and maybe even watch it yeah. more than once, especially yeah. now. I, I think I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's great when you when you know these different the uh, symbologies. Yeah. And, yeah, you know the backstory of it and such and, and why certain things were, were chosen to do certain ways. So I have a and, question regarding you know the last part of the film in that stairwell and the song that you chose for it did you first of all uh the song it reminds me of like a you know the jim morrison uh the doors so yeah i don't know maybe i'm being Thank a weirdo here you. but because <laughs> we're talking about the doorways right and looking outside yeah. doors, and then you hit that song with the the winding stairwell, which kind of reminds me <laughs> of an old film, you know, the the feel of that stairwell, and then you've got something that sounds like the doors. So maybe I'm connecting things that <laughs> weren't meant to be connected, but, you know, now I can't help it. Uh, but would you tell me if that was, I mean... I'm sure it was deliberate, but um, how did you come about that that scene with the stairway? And where did you pick such an awesome stairwell to shoot in? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this was in Paris, actually, where we shot, and we were sh we, we had been postponing it for a while, and actually, the whole film itself was shot in about mm, eight hours. And we had to check out. Um, so we didn't have much time. We were only there for one day. And so we literally were waking up. And and then we, we did it chronologically. And yeah. and then leaving. And just by chance, it happened to be a great stairwell. And um, the song that was used was also by chance, actually... I started to go a little classical. I actually had a, like a, a kind of violin playing, um, but a very uh, actually it was a viola. And I thought something's I, this, the pressure of this guy is so heavy. I really it does the the the, the violin doesn't do justice. It's more like a victim. But I don't want that kind of victim. I want more just this uh, frustration with life. And I want it to hit hard. And I want it to be jolting. And I, I literally wanted to express the, <laughs> the noise of this guy's head 
um, on going down the stairs. And that's pretty much what it was. It was, it's, it, and it just, ha- again, it happened naturally. Actually, uh, um, I, I shot this uh, at a friend's house, uh, or I, I recorded it at a friend's house. At the last minute, I just, I, I couldn't, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, wow, why am I, okay, I'm, I'm really doing this. All right, well, let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of got to go with the flow. You, it's, you can't force it. And even though I, I thought like, okay, this could be jolting for some people, uh, I really wanted to do that because I, I felt it, it did justice to the character. And it, 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 it helped push the film to where it needed to go. And that's, and also the, the, the text itself was improvised. Um, and just feeling in that moment, basically singing it myself. I've just, I'm just, I'm literally, I was literally looking at the film and just had that downstairs in a loop and, and just kind of at the end, just closing my eyes and just feeling what that character was feeling and just speaking from, from, from the soul, from the gut. And then I just recorded that. I mean, it took me about 15 minutes and then I just literally just slapping my hands on the keyboard. Cause I wanted to have that uh, disorganized, uh, you know, not on perfect tempo, hits because it's it's his life it's crumbling down you know it's just falling apart it's very messy um so yeah that was that music was by chance wow well i like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's amazing when 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 we things and i've noticed this before in in other films i've done things just when we have something to share a, a story that really uh that we feel we need to, to tell things will just happen naturally. And, You're and, so right. and you got to just trust, you just got to trust and, 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 and enjoy the journey. Yeah. You are so right. You know, uh, just, just being in, uh, you know, editing myself where I've gone, I don't know how to, how I'm going to make this sequence work here. I've got this here. I don't know about this song. I'm trying to make something match. And then you slap something on there literally. Right. And then all of a sudden you play it back and you're like, Oh my God, no one's going to believe (laughs) (laughs) that this just happened. And it's so perfect. You know, it's so great. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And also even, even before, you know, we make mistakes in, in, in life and we make mistakes in, in, in films as well. And I think uh, mistakes are, are not, they're not failures. Uh, they're opportunities to grow. And to your surprise, the, those quote unquote mistakes can actually uh, <laughs> be blessings. Um like this film, for example, you know, it was we literally had about ten hours to shoot. Um, didn't know what we were going to shoot. We had a whole different story in mind. Uh, we did it based upon that story, and somehow in editing things, just I felt like I had to go this direction, 
And I went that direction, just went with it. And all the emotions were there for that story. And everything just connected all the way up to the song. Yeah. And even shots, too, when we're shooting, you know, uh, just, you know, stock footage, you know, B-roll. Sometimes that one little close-up on that piece of crumbled paper is like that would make that would complete the film. Uh, you know, it's sure on on set. You know, you're doing this doing this whole film and everything, and you know you don't think about it. Like, see a crumbled piece of paper, and think ah, crumbled piece of paper. Well, I want to shoot that. It's like no, 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 no. Shoot everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and especially in this day and age where we have digital. And you can. Uh, it's great to get little things like that, symbolic stuff, because it can be very helpful in the end. Uh, of course, some people might argue with you, you know, better to to have uh, less footage than more. Um, I think, especially in this case of of winging it and just doing it. No, get, you should get everything and, and try different things. Yeah, you can play with it later and whatever works best works. It's better, I mean, I'm a big firm believer of it's better to have a lot of candy and then select the chocolates. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then you can leave the other one aside for later or something, you know. But right. um, how would you know unless you had it to put it in right. there and then take it out if you don't want it, you know? Right. And uh, so some, uh, I have to say, some some motivational uh, uh, drivers for me. Uh, one person uh, in particular was uh, Anthony Montes, and he's been a, a huge mentor in um, uh, my career recently, uh, helping me uh, push forward. Um, he's someone who's been around for the last 30 years uh, doing lots of films. He's writing uh, acting, producing, and he actually is the one that uh, told me I should do this. I should go forward and, and do do something with my phone. And then, of course, uh, 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 my girlfriend at the time, my, my wife now, uh, she also pushed me forward as well, saying, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And she has a career expanding over 20 years uh, as well, and she's been uh, very supportive and also is the producer on, on the last uh, few films I've made. And she, she helps also move forward. So it's, it's great when you have um, just even one or two people who, who are, are pushing you. I, I, I can't, um, I, I can't explain how, how, how much that helps it's always great to to have someone by your side, uh, whoever it is, uh, even to seek out someone. I, I would say to people listening, if, if there's somebody you know who's really passionate about it as much as you are, uh, you know, seek them out and, and work with them um, and, and, and challenge each other uh, to go forward and learn more because that's, that's so vital. Because I could say also as a person who has learned so much and has done, I've done a lot of things myself as well. It's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's hard to be alone and, and, and push forward with something uh, with, especially film. You really need to learn how to have a team. 
and it's the team is so vital. I mean, everyone from the from the catering even, it's so important to have a team and fit everyone together. I I can't tell you how many times I've been on set and and uh, in in the early days too is is where where catering is just kind of overlooked. Or even even actors are looked at as a completely different creature, um, not as part of the team. Um, the actors are as much as important as, as the grip, yeah. uh, or, or even the catering. It's 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 all one big package, and everyone is together in it. Because you know, if the catering makes some bad stuff and everyone gets sick, guess what? Everyone get, they can't go forward. Where they push forward and it's very messy. Yeah, no. But you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's, it's so like the spokes on the it wheel. Must be recognized. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a group effort. And I've seen that a lot of times in student films where um everyone it's like uh the director's the main person and, and then the everyone kind of just avoids the actors or or, or vice versa. The actors are the most important. Everyone else is disregarded. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've been on film sets where I, I go to, you know, I'm, I tend to do this as part of my personality where if there's a bunch of people in the room and everybody's talking, I tend to notice the one sitting in the corner, you know, just sort of mm-hmm. sitting there by themselves. And that's the person that I, I'm attracted to going over and saying, hey, how you doing, you know? And uh, sort of to entertain them, I suppose. But um, I, they usually will tell me, you know, I, I I wish I was I was part of the crew right now because you guys are bringing this whole thing to life, and you get to do something and be a part mm-hmm. of it in this way. And we're just sitting here waiting for you to call on us to do our part. Um, and and it's hard for them sometimes. Which is part of the reason why I think a lot of actors do end up, you know, behind the camera, basically. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to um, for beginners uh, um, uh, when you're working hard and someone's on their phone, or you're working on a scene, especially as as actor. And I've seen productions too where we're the director just doesn't notice it. And this is also something as a director has to take care of, you know, how their team is. Um, they got to be aware, or especially the assistant director. Uh, and I think that's so vital. Um, I, I've seen a lot of um, uh, independent films. Uh, there's sometimes there's no assistant director. Oh, and it's just, yeah. Wow, if you're not doing you do something, that? you're like, why are you here? Yeah, well, yeah. It, with with no assistant director at all, that's that's so that's so hard because it's you have to focus on so many things. And in my perspective, I think you really have the core is is the actor, the actors, uh, the, the cameraman, uh, DOP, and uh, the director. That's the main core. And then the assistant director, for me, in a way, is 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 kind of that buffer. And needs to have things on point with everyone else. And, and it's hard when my point to all this is that, you know, for instance, having a, a heavy scene, you know, uh, and, and, and something's going on that's it's really impactful in the scene. And, it, and it's vital to the story. And after every take, 
as soon as the director yells cut, someone's making a joke or laughing or talking about, oh, I'm so tired. I can't wait to, I'm so hungry. I want to eat something. You know, you hear this little chatter in the background. Um, it's, it's so important to have a team that is there throughout and is going through the process together as a team. That for me is so vital and is, is, needs to be more of where as everyone is in it together you know it, if everybody's connected though and if everybody is connecting that just doesn't really happen you know where you have no. people just dropping off like it's like what are you thinking um i've actually been very fortunate to be on student films independent films and sometimes even with crew who have worked in hollywood and I've been really fortunate to never have, I mean, I've heard nightmare stories, you know, uh, about crew who just is completely incompatible. I've always walked out of a set feeling like, oh, my God, I just met my family that I didn't know I had, you know, (laughs) and we stay connected. I've I've seen people who have uh, leaped and, you know, just performed, uh, you know, how could I say, like superheroes, you know, helping each other and making sure something happens that, you know, we're going to make it happen somehow because the unexpected happens on every, every set, you know, and that's really, and when it doesn't, when it doesn't, sometimes it shows in a good way or even a bad way. Yeah. Uh, That's where the film crumbles, crumbles. It's uh, because we, we look at the film and we don't, we're as a viewer, as an audience, we, we don't know what was happening that day. We don't know what was happening behind the camera. Uh, and that's, we don't, that's we don't really want them to know because that, we just want no, them to see the magic and to feel that and have no clue as to what it took to make that happen yeah. or not, you know, obviously. Yeah. And sometimes when someone's doing a bad performance, it's because it could be because something happened. It yeah. could be uh, just bad direction. Maybe the, the director wasn't really present or was, uh, you know, just want to move on. Uh, another thing with, with mobile films, uh, it's uh, some things are very, I noticed with short films too, that there's, there's sometimes there's too much technical stuff, uh, you know, uh, uh, visual candy and things like that, as opposed to story. Um, and, and I think that's so important also, uh, as a director to, uh, to, to, to see that there's a reason to, to, to not look just at the technical stuff, but look at the performance of the person who's on camera, because that's, what's going to stick out. They're not going to look, look at the nice lighting in the background with the sun going through and all that. They, they, the, as the audience we're we're looking at the person talking. And I think that's that's also what needs to to be focused on a lot, and and, and mobile phone filmmaking as well. That it, it, it's not just effects and and all that. It's it's really the story as a whole. And 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 you're you're right. Actually, it's been lacking the 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 performance. You know the great performances yeah. in front of the camera. Um, 
and that's that's also due to the fact that in a lot of times the the budgets are really low or they're or they're thinking um you know i can make a movie with my phone and then they start talking and thinking about the gear the the phone the this how to make it work around that camera you selected with the phone you know mm. and they forget that the whole what really drives a film the the foundation of a film is that story <clears throat> and in order to exactly. have a compelling story you have to have that performance i mean look, look for me uh, uh you know the movie uh pie yeah so uh that for me is is a a perfect example um it was ni- 1998 and it's just you know Darren Aronofsky is just I mean what a great director that he really it's it's tons of noise it's black and white and the story is incredible yeah and then also sound as well but it's it just goes to show that mobile phones today are way more advanced looking than that movie it's in terms of quality uh right. on, on a technical aspect um so i think what uh, in my perspective what I've noticed, some people think, oh, it's a mobile phone. It's not going to be good quality. It's something you use on your, you know, make phone calls. Um, no, they shoot in 4K at 60 frames per second now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's just, I mean, even without the bells and whistles, really, without the gear, the apps and anything, even by itself, yeah. they're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're, they're literally, people have literally cinema cameras in their pocket so now we live in an age where anybody anybody can tell a story so this is an incredible time i i'm so grateful to have this because i've been dying to tell stories for so long and and finally i have that ability um whereas like when i get a new contract for my phone i just keep my old phone and i use it actually i use uh uh, my old iPhone for uh, a lav, uh, basically a wireless lav. So I have uh, also an old iPhone watch, and I just connect that to my phone, and then I just got a, a lav mic for 60 bucks, a lavalier, and that's it. Yeah. And so that can control control that. It, it, it's insane how uh, how much can be done with so little. And it really has to go the story has to be solid. And also I think pre-production is such an important thing uh, as as a director as well. It's so important to, to have that, um, those steps of, okay, let's review this script again. Why are we doing this? We're this in shots. And then also, you know, on set to be, have a little leeway or also improvise. And I think it's, it's really great to, to improvise also in film, not on set, but even before production starts. Uh, for instance, um, uh, Birdman with Michael Keaton. Um, as I understood, uh, they 
they shot for uh, they they rehearsed for two weeks. Uh, then they took a break, and they, oh no, th- that wasn't Birdman. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, it was um, the Steve Jobs movie. That's what it was. It was um, what's it called? Jobs, I think, with Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet. Oh, uh, 2015. Yeah. So Steve Jobs, 2015. That was. Uh, um, they did that in basically three acts. They rehearsed it for two weeks and then they filmed or no, they, sorry, they, they filmed for two weeks and then they, then they rehearsed for a month. I think it was. That was they, the one oh, that no, was all done in that when he was going to give that presentation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So actually, no, what, what happened was they, they, they rehearsed for two weeks. They stopped production for a month and then uh, and then rehearsed again for two weeks, shot, and then stopped production for a month. It, it was it was insane. So it's it just it's so amazing, and you see the performances there. That taking that time, and it's done with other films as well. And it, it's, I think it shows in the performance, uh, and even the filmmaking when when there's real rehearsal done, it, it really just adds to it. And it's so amazing too. I really love watching pre-production as well because it, it takes new form. It takes new life. You know, you have uh, just a room and, you know, even, okay, this, there's like tape on the floor. This is where the table is, is where that is. Right. And things just kind of, take shape and then you see like the actors just like okay well this doesn't feel natural um let me see let's try this and, and then you have the, the the screenwriter there you know screen uh, script editor right and then add little words are added even just just an um just a little um like there could be something that just happens naturally with the actor and that's like no that's let's put that in the script that was perfect because it just adds to that um it adds to that conversation and, and it pushes the story forward. Um, and I just, I, I love that uh, about film, the process, the process is, is so beautiful. Um, and as you said before, sometimes it's sad to, uh, to finish a project because it's just, you're saying goodbye to it and just letting it go. And like, oh, there's such a wonderful journey. Oh yeah, and then I then I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and and when you're you're a part of something like that, the specific group of people that you were a part of that with, um, you just you you're going. Let's connect next time. Let's you know, and you do find that in different crews and different sets where you know you have a lot of the similar people working together because of that because mm-hmm. they have that synergy. Um, yeah. as a team that's awesome well I was going to play this little little game with you before we got to the end here because we're also going to do that um, that other uh, bonus uh, podcast for our patron page mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to do this little game and I'm wondering about this now because you named so many films so there's a shout out game that we that we play and um, what I wanted to sort of turn this game into for you, in your case, I was going to have you shout out in 20 seconds 
as many films, um, you know, like movies that made an impact with you, but I think you already named like at least four of them. <laughs> um, do you, you want to try it though? Um, sure. All right. Okay. Well, um, so basically, um, this game, you, you got 20 seconds and I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, but basically 20 name, 20 films in 20 seconds. No, I'm sorry. As many films in 20 seconds as you can, um, that made an impact with you somehow. Are okay. you re are you ready? Yes. Okay. And go. Uh, Empire of the Sun, uh, Raging Bull, Pi, Aliens, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, 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 Whiplash, uh, Some Like It Hot. Taxi Driver, Vertigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, really? Yeah. Wow. Saving Private Ryan. Extension. Like, I could keep on going. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to stop this. And my alarm is basically my iPhone. Um, and I was trying to stop it, and it wasn't working. So, yeah, you could go ahead and cheat. <laughs> uh, yeah you could keep on going it's amazing because usually for me when people say name one of your favorite films I'm like ugh because so many come to mind nothing comes out you know um, yeah that's funny uh, yeah Pulp Fiction uh, what was the other one you named uh, Reservoir Dogs that's pretty awesome um, uh, I want to say Apocalypse Now also 2001 Oh, that's an Space epic You know, the, vertigo the story. Yeah, the vertigo, yeah, the the, vertigo is the one that I think I was thinking about when I, uh, we were talking about your film um, with the stair, stairwell and everything. Yeah. <laughs> with that yeah, music. Because that it's so contradicting. Like, it almost gives you that effect. Star um, Wars, Psycho, Modern Times, I Citizen just, Kane. I just saw, did you see The Last <laughs> Jedi, by the way? Yeah. What do you think of it? Just yeah. might as well just have a few your little criticism on it or whatever because I just saw that the other day. It was entertaining. <laughs> um, There's a lot of controversy about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I haven't heard uh, any of it actually. Uh, I I saw it in 3D. Um, That's how that I did it. That was pretty awesome. It is, huh? And um, I and I usually avoid watching in 3D because uh, I really want to. I don't know. There's something about seeing it in, in 2D that, that's special. But 3D adds another layer to it, of course. Um, and I think that could be actually a little distracting sometimes because um, we 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 look at uh, it's like looking at a painting. Yeah. And um, not knowing who the artist is at all. Um, you know, someone who, who never uh, who never heard of Van Gogh looks at a Van Gogh painting, for instance, and has no idea of the backstory. I think knowing the backstory really adds to what's on canvas, right? Yeah. So with 
3D, I think it's it, it's can be deceiving sometimes. Um, I like the, 3D. I, I really do. And the reason why I think is because if I'm going to see it at the theater and pay the big bucks to go see the movie, I want the whole... The whole shebang. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, then, then for me, I mean, then for me, it's just like, if we're going to go 3D, let's just go IMAX 3D. Right. You know, give me the, <laughs> the wide perspective, everything. And if it's raining and in ho- the movie, I want it to rain on me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh, and if it's, and if it's, uh, what's even better if it's shot in IMAX, if it's shot in IMAX yeah. and shot in 3D, then it's great. Then, then the, the, director uh, intended it the storyteller intended it to be that way uh there was um, a time where um scorsese he didn't want to shoot in widescreen because right. televisions were still in 4-3 so he actually took a lot of time before he, he shot in widescreen i forget which film it was that he shot in widescreen but uh um i think it was was it goodfellas um I'm not sure, but he that that says something to me, and, and, and that's interesting because it's. I, I really want to see what the, what the director intended. Uh, that's why I didn't see Blade Runner in 3D because I, I read oh, somewhere I that, that the, there was an interview where the director said he did not intend it to be 3D. He actually intended it to be uh, in, in just normal 2D. And that was a film I. I I could rip apart, um, <laughs> but Star Wars, um, like I said, it was very entertaining, and, I, and 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 there's a few things that stuck out with me that I really enjoyed. Um, for one, the part. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but that moment of silence, or that 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 really epic, um, kind of uh, death happens. And there's 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 silence and space. Oh yeah. And and brightness. And it's just it's just so violently quiet. I know exactly that, what you're talking about. It that, when that, you felt that Yeah, way. yeah. Yeah, and that that's just for me that really resonates and that's like, yes. <laughs> awesome. And I think that for me, focusing around that, it was brilliant. Um, because I'm someone that that really like, you know, the empire strikes back because I mean, the title is called star Wars. We're talking about war and war is not nice. War is not pretty. War is not funny. And even though it's, they try to focus for all audiences and I understand how the franchise is gone and, uh, they want to attract, uh, younger generations as well that they have to you know, crack jokes here and there, make it funny. And I liked that they did not go over the top with those jokes. They were there, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much. Well, part of the, Um, part of this film was also like, almost like a family reunion type of a feeling with it too. Yeah. It felt like it went back to the roots for me. Um, uh, I'm 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 a little uh, skeptical about some of the um, some of the I guess I would even say 
actors or even direction on some things, but then I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a fine tooth comb and, 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 uh, finding something to be critical about, but, you know, overall great job. They did great. It was, it was, a, it was a great film and it was, it was well done. And, um, well, I will say for me that one character in particular, and I won't name which character, was sort of out of character in the film. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's hard to, you know, you, you can only get so much out of, of some actors, and and um, yeah, when it's uh, it shows. Yeah. And I think it also shows when when an actor is is reluctant to uh, to do what the character has to do in the film. In in um, it, it's just kind of all over the internet too. The, the kind of uh, 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 he doesn't hold back punches. Yeah, I haven't on, I haven't on, gotten too deep into it because it's almost like I'm. Like looking behind the curtain in the middle of the play, right? Um, yeah. Like I don't want to know what's what what until I can actually swallow the whole thing, <laughs> you know, have the experience of eating mm. that whole meal before I find out what went into it. Um, mm. But uh, but I will at some point because I'm really curious about you know like what we were talking about with your film, the backstory, yeah. you know, to it. Um, and then it'll justify yeah. a few things I've heard, but you know, but yeah, obviously I don't want to, I don't want to end up having this podcast and have to say, Oh yeah, we spoke about star Wars, big spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah. So, all right. Is there anything else that you'd want to, before we go on to the next, uh, part of this, is there anything else that you'd like to say? To our listeners, any any revelation or advice or something? Um, if you are in a film and you want to make films, just do it. <laughs> don't go to school. Don't spend your money. Um, if you do have the money to go to school, I would suggest use that on your production and start very low first learn. There's tons of places on YouTube. Um, a lot of the tricks that I've learned and editing have been on YouTube, uh, research, uh, watch lots of films, just Google, um, top 50 films of all time. Um, and, and search out all the great cinematographers as well. Um, uh, cinematography films, uh, research, you know, uh, really dive into it and do it every day, every single day, you know, as if you're learning guitar, you know, practice every day. If, if you practice every day with, with, with an intent to, to learn and, and gain something, just a few hours every day could be so helpful. Also just filming anything, uh, writing anything, uh, watching something with intent of, 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 of learning, taking notes. It's so important to, to remember scenes. Uh, for instance, you, you mentioned vertigo earlier. Um, 
yeah, to remember the, those those moments, to to recognize it and and make it your own, and and don't steal. I think it's important to steal from 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 many different films as you can, because no matter how you try to, uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't think you should copy it. I think uh, Coppola said this. Uh, um, uh, you, 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 you should definitely steal because no matter how much you try to copy, you, you, you will make it your own. I mean, you shouldn't make a copy like one-to-one with a film, but you should just steal that shot, that frame, uh, that movement. I mean, how many times we've seen an over-the-shoulder movement? Jesus, it's like in every film, there's an over-the-shoulder. Um, but why? And the more you do that, the more you can get creative and, and make that your own after. Yeah, try, try wide. Um, uh, look at look at extreme wide. You know, two people sitting on a table uh, in, a, in a giant warehouse. You really want to go over the shoulder and make it tight. What what is the scene? What's what's the calling of the scene? You know, is, is this a standoff? You know, maybe you want to go extreme wide to show the the space between them uh, or the space around them. Uh, I think it's really important to explore. And I mean, there's a reason why films are, are on that top list, and I think that should be looked at, and 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 they they should be stolen in one way or another. In terms of, uh, not in a bad sense. It's not a. I know stealing is a negative word, but it's it's more of a. No matter what you try to do, no matter how you steal it, you're going to make it your own. Because it's 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 completely different. It's your story. You're telling a different story. Uh, you're in a different location. Uh, you might even have a little bit different lighting. But you know, how many people have stolen? Uh, you know, um, a movie uh, one shot uh, or something like that. Yeah, there's yeah. You know, there's a, a reason in. why. Um, you know, like when I do workshops and I tell people, look, you're just even in editing, right? The different uh, transitions, if you're going to use a transition between a scene and another, why you would use this transition over another. And once you mm-hmm. start to test them, you know, let's say you have a row of all these transitions, right? You start testing them mm-hmm. and putting them on there, and then you see something and going, that has this effect, and it's because you've experienced that effect, so many times because so many filmmakers have used it in their films for that reason you know right and so you're not really stealing stealing but you're applying things that work in the industry into your film and then you can twist things around a little bit and get creative exactly so exactly so yeah be like i think that's so important (laughs) yeah yeah and and if i think and, and think about the story. What, what are you saying? What are you telling? Um, I think that's that's so important. To to to, why are you telling the story? Yeah, like in your film, everything has a purpose. Yeah, there's so. a meaning to it all. All right, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye on this show. Go to our Patreon page. 
patreon.com slash SBP podcast to get um, the second bonus episode. And thank you, Blake Worrell. <laughs> uh, thank that you. was amazing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you.